I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. This meeting is being recorded. Excellent. Are your fingernails pink? My fingernails are pink. I just couldn't help but notice you were wearing pink and green and I just wanted to point that out to... Okay, let's first of all say that this is not a good way to start off with me. (laughs) No shade to all my lovely friends who intentionally wear pink and green as a member, as members of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Um, But as a proud Delta woman, this is usually something that only happens to me on accident. Thank you for pointing it out. I didn't mean to evoke any violence. I love your shirts. And then I noticed the nails and I kind of put two and two together. So I'm wearing my green Fauci shirt right now. And I I should just also say that maybe I'm a little triggered because I have a patient on my service right now who is also a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, Mm. um, which she reminds me every day on rounds happens to also be the shared organization of her and America's first Black and South Asian female vice president. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, oh, um, you know that uh, my sorority sister is in the White House. I was like, <laughs> and told me that every day that you've been in the hospital. But thanks. Yeah, but I'm wearing pink nail polish. Okay. <laughs> so there. Well, it looks wonderful. I wanted to add that as well. Thank you. No shade. You know, it's all good. No shade at all. Ashley's looking at me crazy because I'm actually kind of chewing something while I'm trying to talk but y'all understand I mean I'm on a hospital service this is like one of the first things I've gotten to eat since lunchtime that's what I'm saying you got to get it in where you can I make it seem like I didn't eat lunch I did eat lunch I just <laughs> need to eat the snack too so Mahalia is she is kind of snatched into a little um poof on top of Ashley's head mm-hmm. um she's looking real cute there um you know I I, I like I like this look we appreciate you, sis. Oh, and I should tell you, there's this this pop-up. Uh, you probably heard about it because, you know, San Francisco people always seem to know about cool stuff. Mm, I don't know. This, this thing called the Black Hair Experience. And it is um, a pop-up art installation that is in the sort of D.C., Maryland area. But they also popped one up in the ATL and I just, um, I heard about it for the first time while listening uh, to a podcast recently. And then when I looked it up, I saw that they were in Atlanta too and had another friend mention that it was in Atlanta. So I'm gonna go check it out. Mm. All like, like they have these things where they show like hot combs sitting on stoves and all the things that, you know, all the things we grew up with. Yeah, I have heard of this mostly from social media. I don't know that they're gonna come to San Francisco, but if you could just FaceTime me into your experience in Atlanta, that would be spectacular. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How did Jules do on, on wards? Oh, Jules is, Jules is now, you know, a full grown Bob now. So she's just (laughs) doing her thing, you know, 
she'd be walking around thinking she cute people stop her be like oh my gosh your hair yes they you know address her directly and they address her directly <laughs> you know they ask her you know if if this is a color process to which she says no this is gray mm-hmm. um you know and it's just I just let her do her thing yeah let them know well my friend you know what, what, what we what you learned this week did we learn anything you know, I did, and it's not necessarily medical or scientific. Okay. I was reflecting on this last week, and I actually attended what I believe is my first uh, Shabbat dinner mm-hmm. at our friend Emily Silverman's house. Her mm-hmm. and her husband, Boaz, hosted uh-huh. a small group of friends. What's up, Emily and Boaz? I know, two yeah. of my favorite people, for sure. And so I learned a lot about just a little bit more of like the history and like the concept of the Shabbat, which essentially means rest. Mm-hmm. So starting around a little before sundown on Friday and, and going through Saturday, going through some of the rituals, like lighting the candles, saying some of the prayers and, and the washing of hands and some of the foods that were selected, which was delicious, by the way. Shout out to Emily for throwing down in the kitchen. Hey, Emily, I see you. And um, we ended the night with just going around and sharing like a story or a practice or something that happened to us over the last year. But but it was a small group, but everybody, you know, we just really got to know each other. There was no screens. It was just like a group of friends sharing like personal stories and practices. And I don't know, it was just really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I learned something. Um, I was listening to a podcast that I knew about, but I have honestly been sleeping on Curious Clinicians podcast, which is, I, I believe the, the main hosts are Avi Cooper and Hannah uh, R. Abrams and Tony Brew. Mm-hmm. Um, but this episode that I listened to was about cilantro. And, um, you know, about why some people really, really ain't feeling cilantro. Like, you know, I honestly think that before people get married, they should have that on the list of things like, do you want children? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about religion? How do you feel about cilantro? Mm -hmm. I think that should be on there because my husband does not like cilantro. But some people eat cilantro and it tastes to them like soap. It isn't that they just don't like it. They really don't like it. And that is because, according to the curious clinicians, there's these aldehydes in cilantro that some people have this olfactory something in their genes. Whatever it is, it's something involving an aldehyde and an olfactory receptor that some people have and some people don't. I'm glad that I'm one of those people that doesn't have that soap receptor. Mm-hmm. Which interestingly, the aldehyde that's in cilantro is also found in whatever the, the, the compound is that is released that makes stink bugs stink. To some people, the stink bug smells like soap. What? Yeah, child. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got the same aldehyde in it. So maybe, maybe the stink bug is really like related to cilantro. Wow. There you go. Thank you, my boy Kirsten. Well, sis, what is the what? The what is encouragement. Mm. You can always use a little of that. Yeah, what comes to mind when somebody says that word to you? Um, Encouragement. Just like levity, like someone kind of reaching down and lifting you up 
from whatever position you were to put you somewhere higher, giving mm. you a little extra to do whatever it is that you need to do. I am so here for that definition. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's got me thinking about it right now is we, we unfortunately here in our Emory community, we're mourning one of our, our colleagues who used to be here. His name is Dr. Leon Haley. He was the Dean at um, University of Florida Medicine, Jacksonville. And mm. he was in a, a personal, like a jet ski accident. Oh no. Passed away. But His legacy is so powerful because as somebody who is in the academic sector, and it was about five or six years ahead of me, he was the person that encouraged so many of us to stay in the pipeline. Like he was just like, oh, you can do it. You can, you know, you can do this. You can, you know, he was just super, super rad and encouraging. And that just got me thinking a lot about the power of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... um, you know, shout out to Dr. Haley and to everybody like me who's been touched by Dr. Haley. Absolutely. Um, the whole um, UF community and the Emory community is missing him. But this story um, actually um, takes me back uh, to uh, 2013. And as you know, in 2012, um, I lost my older sister um, to uh, a sudden cardiac death. Mm-hmm. And um, in the process of mourning her death, I decided that I would become a runner. <laughs> you decided? I decided. Okay. <laughs> so like real impulsively too. Like I, I, I logged into the army 10 miler website that, that a race my husband used to run. And it's very hard to get a bid for. Mm. And I registered for this race. And um, probably part of the reason I did it is that my sister was one of the people who used to encourage me when I'd say, I wish I was a runner. She'd be like, you could be a runner. Oh, wow. (laughs) running, train, you can do it. So um, I I decided to sign up for this race. Um, And, um, you know, the race was in October of 2013, a little under um, a year from my sister's passing. Mm. Um, And so I was really surrounded by a lot of people who were, encouraging of my decision, you know, people, um, one of my sister's good friends, who's a runner, um, you know, agreed to run with me, mm. my husband, you know, though he chuckled a little bit when he heard uh, <laughs> registered, he was like, okay, let's see what you do. Um, and I trained for this race and like, literally I didn't have anybody to run the race with. It wasn't like one of these things where it was like me and a crew of my sorority sisters were going to go rent. No, it was just me flying to DC from Atlanta to run 10 miles when I ain't never run more than one mile. Wow. But I trained for the race, got myself ready for it. And, um, you know, when I got there, you know, it was all of these people, like people were just all stacked up, you know, at the start of the race, this was my first really big race like this. I'm starting to feel really panicked. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a military, you know, draws military people. So they are like mad fit from, running in all the ways they run and PT mm-hmm. in all the ways they PT. And, um, you know, I light out and I start doing my little thing, running in my little pace and it, it was going fine. Um, and, you know, I, I knock out the first, you know, six miles, I'm doing okay. okay. And then I got to about the eighth mile and I hit a wall and I saw this, this hill, you know, like kind of slow incline of a hill. Yes. Ahead of me. And, you know, 
I just do that thing you do where you like, okay, I start trying to, you know, shuffle up it a little bit. When I got about to what was pretty much the last mile of this race, I decided I started telling myself, girl, you know what? You, you, you did good. Nine miles. You ran nine miles. That was good. It was a big hill. You know what? You can just walk the rest of this race. I mean, it is fine. You, you know, you honored your sister. <laughs> and um, I was wearing, I had this shirt made for the race that um, said Delta Sigma Theta on the front. Cause again, I'm a proud Delta. And on the back, it said Deanna's sister. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I am walking along, just like telling myself it's okay. And um, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, like right when I'm starting to feel like really tired, like I just cannot take another step. All of a sudden I hear this booming, booming voice. I feel somebody grab me on the shoulder and start pulling me. And this, this voice, this voice goes, come on, Deanna's sister, let's go. Let's go, Deanna's sister, come on. I was like, oh my God. And I think what was going on in the moment is that I, I, was, I was starting to, as I got closer to the finish, I was overcome with emotion. You know, mm. missing my sister. I was, you know, just overwhelmed with all everything. And I think I had pushed off mourning so much to run and do all these things that I just was like, I'm gonna just walk it in and I just couldn't do it. And this woman grabbed me by my arm and was like, let's go. She started pulling me and I started running with her. And she was super fit. Like you could tell that she was a person who did not run at my pace. Hmm. The whole way, she was like a drill sergeant. Let's go, Deanna, sister. And she's doing the hand wave thing where you wave <laughs> your hands up for people. Granted, this is a complete stranger, right? Stranger. Okay. And she and she literally did that for an entire mile. Oh my god! The crowd on both sides was yelling, "Deanna, sister, let's go!" All the other runners are saying, "Deanna, sister." I am boo-hoo crying, like. Partly boohoo crying because I miss my sister, mm. but also boohoo crying because this woman is fitter than me and she is running about <laughs> half a minute, mile per minute faster than I run. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, I do not run nine minutes. <laughs> like, please stop. Um, but we get to the end and, you know, I ended up making a really good time. Um, we, we get to the end and she just kind of looks at me. She goes, way to go, Deanna's sister gives me a fist bump and walks off. Like she ain't asked me nothing about my sister. She didn't like, she didn't do anything. She just saw me walking and she looked at me and decided like, I think that this is not what she wants to do. I think she wants, I think she wants to do more. Mm. And she pulled me through to the finish line. But not only that, she ran beside me and cheered for me the whole way. Wow. And, and this... This wasn't like, you know, a couple steps from the finish line. Like this was a commitment. It was a mile. Yeah. A whole mile. And not only that, she got other people to hype me up too. And I have never forgotten it. Like I can, I can see her if I, like, I never got to really thank her. Maybe she'll listen to our podcast. (laughs) I'm sure she follows you on Twitter. (laughs) But what she gave me in that moment was something that I want to give people. Mm. I, want, I want to give somebody that. I mean, cause she didn't have to do that, you know? Um, and 
it was more than just her getting me to run. I looked sad. Mm. You know? and, and, you know, I have to say at the Army 10 Miler, there are a lot of people running um, in memory of people. And there are a lot of, you know, there are amputees out there. There are a lot of people who are, who are thinking about America's heroes and all of the things that people sacrifice, um, you know, to, to, to serve our country. Um, but I was sad in that moment. And she grabbed me and basically lifted me up. I was flying on one wing and she mm. gave me the other wing and helped me to soar. Wow. And she didn't want nothing back for it. Just a little fist bump. And she just walked off. You know, we're in academic medicine. We take care of patients. We step into people's lives when like they could really, they could, it could really like make or break them. We could let them walk alone and cry or we could step in with so much energy and, and a willingness to run beside them that they can't help but win. Mm. And, I, and I, I think about that with medical students. I thought about that when I met you. You were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my career. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, like I just imagine how much academic medicine can change if we approach each other in that same way. Just you see someone and you just want to help them for the pure joy of doing so. Or like when you're high, right? Mm-hmm. See somebody low, what, what, what can you do to meet them where they are and pull them along? Cause like, you know, the easiest thing for that woman to do would have been to just speed past me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, honestly, this, this lady, like she didn't know me from anybody. And um, I, I just really love thinking about that. Like thinking about how, you know, when you see the person who's lost in the hospital, who's mm-hmm. kind of thinking about where to go and you come to them and say, Hey, how you doing? You're doing all right. Or, or like uh, I was thinking about one of my ward teams that I had a few years ago, there was a learner um, who was really, really flying on one wing. And, um, you know, when I think about how that learner is doing now and how they are thriving, they are thriving because of the, the warmth and the kindness and the patience and the support of the other people that were on that team with them. I was thinking about as well, one of my student mentees or a lot of folks who are getting step one scores back mm. and how that can, can make a person feel, you know, those, those singular test scores that we put so much weight on mm-hmm. and really trying to encourage this individual because they're phenomenal and sometimes the point of mentorship is just to help people see the strength that they already have. Ooh, ooh, that is a word right there. Yeah. Maybe that's what my little drill sergeant was doing. She was mm. like, girl, I see your calves. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what she thought. But I think she, I think she saw my shirt and decided like, I'm a hyper up. Yeah. Those are critical moments you know, to get past that, that hill, that finish line. And now like, I mean, how many races do you have under your, under your belt now? Like, does I don't, I have not gotten to the point where I'm like badass enough as a runner where I can grab somebody and like run it in with them for the last mile. But you know, that's my goal. Like, yeah. To be like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just hope anybody listening to this can just think about um, the power of your influence mm-hmm. and um, how even the most fleeting moments um, 
of kindness and support, how you can really like cast somebody into the heavens and let them fly, or you can step on them and stop them in their tracks. Mm. Or run right by and not even notice. Right, which is probably even worse. Yeah. Well, you've, you've encouraged me this afternoon. That's what's up. Well, yeah. I, I'm out here trying to encourage folks and uh, you encourage me every day, sis. I do appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And I love you and Jules and your green shirt and pink nails. Uh, you just got to keep on saying that, don't you? <laughs> But yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, you. I love you dearly. Um, love the puff. Um, love the black girl magic and um, all that is you. So be encouraged today and pay it forward. Thank you, sis. Love you. Love you too. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.